I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, Canada's national digital theatre. Each week, we take some of the hottest plays and transform them into contemporary audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome back to Play Me and Part 2 of Iceland by Governor General Award-winning playwright Nicholas Bion. Last week on Play Me. I turn around. I see the John lying on the floor and the carpet is stained with blood. That's when I realize that I'm in big trouble. My fingerprints are everywhere in the apartment. And they come find me, they will arrest me. And I'm only student visa, so of course they will deport me. Even if I explain what happened, they will not believe me. Episode 2 of Iceland. Featuring the original cast of Kawa Ada, Claire Kalman, and Christine Horn. The original theatrical production was directed by Ravi Jan. Okay, you want some advice? Here it is, free of charge. Never buy anything Russian except for vodka and hookers. Maybe it's some kind of communist mojo in the water, but the vodka's potent and the women can suck dick like nobody's business. <laughs> Let me tell you about, uh, forgot her name. Anyway, she's a hot little number, this one. It's a tricky price point, the $300 hooker. You know they'll be groomed, have all their teeth, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be head-turners. But occasionally, it works out. More bang for your buck, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, nothing? Okay. Anyway, I ask her, you're Russian, right? And she says, Yes, you are a businessman? Okay, I don't want to overcomplicate things, but let's be clear about something. Businessman is a useless fucking word. Because who isn't one today? A drug dealer? Businessman. A pimp? Businessman. Plumber? You get the idea. I'm in real estate, but that that doesn't... Okay, I know we don't like to use the C word in this country, but let's call a spade a spade. I'm a capitalist, okay? Capital C free market type. Why? Because capitalism rocks, and if you think otherwise, well, hey, I'm sure you're a nice person, but you're a complete fucking idiot. Sorry. So, as I was saying, why overcomplicate things? Yeah, sure. I said, I'm a businessman. What kind of business? I flip houses. And no, I'm not going to explain what that is, because right now, let's be honest, time is money. And that's when she says... What can I do for you? See now that. That is a thing of beauty. If you've ever asked yourself, why is money good, then here's your answer. It simplifies everything. This relationship is simple. She's the hooker, I'm the john. Service provider, customer, supply, demand, seller, buyer, that's it. Straightforward, uncomplicated, symbiotic. You know what money is? 
Money is perfect. And then, you're going to love this. I ask her, you take checks, right? Um, no. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's a joke. <laughs> Christ, Russians. Wallets, for the record, fucking useless. Why bother? No one can see you've got money. And this, each and every one of you is looking at my money right now, am I right? Of course you are. There's no shame. This means business. Would you fuck with a guy who carries a money clip? Exactly. So, back to the question. What can she do for me? Well, let's see. You want to give her the right idea, you know? Some guidance, something she can relate to. For example, I want you to suck my dick like... Like we're on the bread line and I am holding the very last loaf. Oh, epic! I can tell some of your delicate sensibilities have been ruffled. And I know this is Canada and everything, but I'm not going to apologize. Look, let's keep some perspective. She is a skill that I do not possess. Therefore, I'm paying for said skill. Very well, I might add. And I'm a good tipper. You all good tippers out there? My point isn't about tipping. My point is that every left-wing, bleeding-heart, Jack Layton, bobblehead-owning liberal has a dirty little secret that they keep tucked away out of view in the hopes that no one will ever find out that deep down, they're a capitalist at heart. That's right. Every one of them. Of course they'll deny it. It's like that story about... Was it Churchill? I think so. Anyway, he asked this lady... Will you sleep with me for a million pounds? And she thinks for a moment and says, yes. Then Churchill says, will you sleep with me for five pounds? And she's like, Mr. Churchill, what kind of woman do you think I am? And he says, we've already established that. Now we're just negotiating. My point is, if somebody offered me a million bucks to fuck them, uh, yeah. Sure, my price point's higher than the hookers, but we're not different. And liberals fucking hate to hear that. But the truth is, they're just as scared about the stock market tanking because they're invested. Ethical funds, sure, or in real estate. In any case, they're looking for the same thing. A profit. Buy low, sell high. And that's capital C capitalism, ladies and gents. Okay, 10 years ago, you could get away with savings account when interest rates paid 5.25%, but today, <laughs> please. Huh. I went on a date once with this smoking hot chick. I mean, we rented in decent proposal, you know, where Robert Redford offers, what's her name, G.I. Jane, a million bucks to sleep with him, and she does. Afterwards, both like, yeah, it was pretty good, I liked it, etc. But then I realize she likes it because, quote, in the end, it was about love and fidelity. I'm thinking, you're fucking crazy, but I keep my cool and say, no, really, it's about money and capitalism. She's like, what? No, it's about how love can't be bought. To which I respond, not unreasonably, she fucked him for a million dollars and then left her husband to be with him. And she says, but she goes back to her husband because she loves him. And I say, okay, I may have raised my voice a little bit. She goes back to her husband because women 
are fucking irrational. Boom. <laughs> that didn't go over so well. Too bad. She's so hot. Anyway, this is a good example of of the thing that annoys me, that drives me fucking crazy, actually, about progressives in general. It's not that they disagree with me. Hell, I disagree with lots of people. It's that they don't have the balls to stare reality in the face. I mean, they're incapable of taking a good, hard look at the truth of the world that we're living in. Okay, for example, my latest flip. Nice one bedroom in Liberty Village. You know why it's called that, by the way. Liberty Village. It's in honor of the countless yuppies saddled with a 25-year mortgage. <laughs> Who says condo developers don't have a sense of humor? Anyway, I bought the unit for a song from some over-leveraged dumbass from Buffalo. He had buyers lined up, but he sold it to me. Why? Because I could pay cash. Less waiting, less paperwork, less headaches, eh? Uncomplicated. From there, it's just a question of making a few cosmetic changes, staging it properly, and then... Ta-da! Spectacular premium one-bedroom in the heart of trendy Liberty Village. Floor-to-ceiling windows with cozy balcony and view of the lake. Chef-inspired kitchen with granite countertops and stainless steel appliances. Bathroom upgraded with rainforest shower. Perfect for the urban professional. Yeah, rainforest shower? <laughs> It's not going to win a prize, okay, but it will net me a 40 to 60k profit in about a month. Oh, thank you very much. Anyway, so, the flip. This stupid woman, she comes to visit the condo. Actually, that's probably not fair, because I think she might be mildly retarded or something. Asperger's or whatever wouldn't look me in the eye. Anyway, she comes in, goes over the place like she's some kind of forensic house inspector or whatever. 30 five minutes seriously 35 minutes in a one-bedroom apartment i'm exhausted just thinking about it and then you know what she says she says she can't afford it what the fuck is that seriously now let me be clear i'm not pissed off because she wasted my time well okay maybe a little bit but that's not the main thing of course she can afford it she chooses not to in her mind she's thinking oh i'm poor but i'm gonna visit an apartment i can't afford anyway because a girl can always dream and that may sound reasonable until you realize this is the same girl who drinks fair trade organic shade grown hand-picked wind power roasted coffee If any of you got a warm, fuzzy feeling about that, I think you should know you're paying three times what a normal human being pays for coffee. Is fucking coffee. And then she comes crying when she doesn't have money to buy a house. Please, she chooses not to be able to afford it. If she took a good, hard look at the truth of the world that she's living in, maybe she'd realize that we're living in an age of easy credit. That, by the way, is not a dirty word when it allows you to buy a fucking house. But no, she'd rather buy $5 coffee and feel good about herself. We know what? That's fucking stupid. She can get on her bike and pedal back to Parkdale while she can still afford it. <laughs> I know, I know. Some of you are thinking, now hold on there, bucko. Did you not see what happened down in the States? Well, yeah, kind of did. But you're blaming the wrong people. Look, credit is not inherently good or bad. It's just credit. People, on the other hand, can be smart, stupid, 
or absolutely fucking moronic. And it's that last group that I wish would learn the cardinal fucking rule. Do the math. If you don't, then I'm sorry, but shut the fuck up. Because that is exactly like walking into a bank, buck naked, holding up a sign that says, uh, fuck me up the ass for 5% down. Anybody? Anybody? And then later turning around saying, uh, hold on a minute. I think I was raped. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Now you're thinking, easy for you to say, Gandhi. You're good at math. Hey, that's racist. I'm Pakistani. I'm just joking. I mean, I am Pakistani. I was born here, but just Gandhi was Indian. And that retarded woman, totally uncomfortable that I'm, you know, ethnic. All little telltale signs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you're white. Though on some level she's better. Well, no, she's more honest than those white people because there's always white people who act all friendly and polite because, you know, they wouldn't want you to think that they're racist or anything. Oh, yes you are. And oh, we know. To be clear... The moral of this story ain't do the math and don't be a racist, although that's good advice, but no. The moral here is that there is only one thing in this world that is perfect. Perfect because it's a perfect reflection of its owner. If you're an idiot, that's what your money will be. If you're a smart guy... Exactly. My guess is you've never heard of Dick Burnett. He's an expert on real estate tax liens. All right, that may not sound exciting. I went to his conference in Vegas a few years ago, just around the time the mortgage collapse was starting. I had a, an intuition it was going to be big. So I signed up at the last minute, paid an arm and a leg for my hotel because it was the same weekend as the big porn convention. So I'm there with like about 50 other guys in one of the smaller conference rooms at the Candlewood. And this big, fat bastard goes up on stage, takes a mic, and says, I guess all the women are at the other convention. You know, because of the porn. And then he says, What have y'all asked Santa for Christmas? A few of us giggle, you know, like, what the fuck? But he repeats the question, and some guy shouts out, Pussy! <laughs> Dick Burnett chuckles, shakes his head like we're a class of mildly retarded children. This is what you should all be asking Santa for. And on the screen behind him appears a map of Iceland. Santa's feeling mighty generous this year, boys, courtesy of over-leveraged Icelandic fishmongers. Now, I want to be clear. Bless them for trying. We all get a kick at the can. And they came out swinging. They privatized and deregulated their banks. There wasn't a debt obligation that in like and buy on the spot. It was Christmas 24-7 in Reykjavik. But there is always a reckoning. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, gentlemen. And Icelanders must have slept through history class because this is exactly how their fishing industry collapsed. Ooh-wee, y'all gotta make a bowl lot of money. Because you can put lipstick on a pig, boys, and you can dress a fisherman in a suit, but the pig's still a pig, and the fisherman... Then Dick Burnett puts his hands together like this and says, Let's praise God for Iceland, where they don't know the difference between fishnet and net worth. 
where they fail to understand that over-leveraging in about getting older, and where there lives the greediest and dumbest motherfuckers to ever handle a derivative. Lord, grant us wealth, so that by this time next year, we'll all be able to afford a suite at the Sands Hotel and have the porn stars knocking on our door. Hey. Give the man credit for showmanship. That night, I run into Dick Burnett at the bar, offer to buy him a drink. To Iceland. Yeah, yeah, Dick says, downs his drink. Hey, can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Halim, you're a Muslim? I nod and say, not a very good one. I gathered as much from the scotch in your hand. Laps Baptist myself. More of a Benefrancus these days. A what? Dick Burnett chuckles, pulls out a hundred dollar bill from his money clip, lays it flat on the bar. Benefrancus believes in the higher power of the C-note, my friend. Is there anything in the world as powerful and versatile as this piece of paper? It is omnipotence incarnate. You want to eat at the finest establishments, you want to drive the fastest cars, fuck the prettiest girls, ask and it shall be given you, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. He puts his hand on my shoulder. And that's not enough. You can expunge your guilt by donating it to charity. You'll even get a tax receipt for your troubles, see? He's a good and loving God. He even has a Muslim and a Baptist drinking together in Vegas. I notice at this point Dick's looking over at a tall redhead sitting at a table. She smiles at him. I lean in and whisper, Hooker? Son, I'm a 350-pound fat fuck named Dick. Yeah, she's a hooker. And I gotta say, I have a lot of respect for Dick in that moment. Because here is a guy who stares reality right in the eyes. Then Dick says, I hope she swallows. I take a look at the redhead again. Not a chance. Eve little faith, Halim. Trust in the Benny Frank. If she's not amenable, you pull one of these puppies out and show it to her so she knows you mean business. And tell her that if she swallows, this'll be her tip. I ask him, it works? He looks over at the redhead again. Luke 12, 43. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Dick folds his hundred dollar bill into a small square. I always ask them to stick out their tongues when I'm done. And when they do, I call a given holy communion. I say it's a perfect metaphor for the banking crisis. Dick chuckles and shakes his head. Actually, that's not quite right, because in the banking crisis, it's the whore who's going to be paying us back for the privilege. He's pretty quick on his feet. But it makes sense, though, doesn't it? I mean, you hear liberals go on and on about equality. They go on and on about unions and affirmative action and all that communist bullshit. Change the world, sure. End poverty. Yep, people first. Okay. But when someone walks in, slaps his money clip down on the table and says, who's ready to swallow? 
Well, you don't have to ask twice. Here's the cold, hard truth of the world that we're living in. Abstract ideas, ethics, morals don't stand a chance against a pile of cold, hard cash. Hey, look, I put my money where her mouth is. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of, so the Russian hooker, she's giving me head, you know, and I ask her, hey, what's your name again? And just as she's about to answer, I say, oh, don't talk with your mouth full. <laughs> oh, come on. Newsflash, it's not the nicest or prettiest or smartest person who wins. Okay, okay, here's a better one for you. What is communism doing right now? It's sucking my dick. <sighs> for fuck's sake. Is there some kind of veto on a sense of humor or something? Seriously, will you fucking laugh already? That was part two of Iceland. Be sure to tune in next week for part three. Iceland was performed by Kawa Ada, Claire Cowlin, and Christine Horn. Visit playmepodcast.com to learn more about our shows, leave a comment, or let us know what you think of our podcast. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley. The associate producer is Pippa Johnstone. This episode was edited by Chris Tolley. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Special thanks to our partners, the Playwrights Guild of Canada, Factory Theatre, Tarragon Theatre, and the Musical Stage Company. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.